the way to live, trusting and obeying the Lord. Amen. Trust and obey 414. When we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory he sheds on our way. While we do his good will, he abides with us still, and with all who will trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. Not a shadow can rise, not a cloud in the skies, but his smile quickly drives it away. Not a doubt nor a fear, not a sigh nor a tear, can abide while we trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. But we never can prove the delights of his love until all on the altar we lay. For the favor he shows and the joy he bestows are for them who will trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Then in fellowship sweet, then in fellowship sweet, we will sit at his feet, or we'll walk by his side in the way. What he says we will do, where he sends we will go, never fear, only trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Amen. And let's do one more song, 818, past the index, 818. Great is thy faithfulness. Amen. 818. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassions, they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever wilt be. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Summer and winter and 
abyss, sun, moon, and stars in their courses above. Join with all nature in manifold witness to thy great faithfulness, mercy, and love. Come on now, great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness, morning by morning new mercies I see, for I have needed thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto this time we'll have all the children 11 and under dismissed to the junior church and let's sing that last verse pardon for sin and the peace that endureth thy own dear presence to cheer and to guide strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow Blessings on mine with ten thousand beside. One more time. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning new mercies I see. All I have needed thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Amen, and you may be seated. And just before the message, Sharon Mansour is going to share with us a special song. So listen closely to the words. the Christ crowded out of your busy life with the toiling that each day brings with the strain and the stress of the cares that press you've no time for the King of Kings no time for the King of Kings. No time for the King of Kings. Yet for business and pleasure, you always find time, but no time for the King of Kings. 
is coming a day when the sands of time have run out and you'll stand alone what then oh my friend as you face the end and you'll hear heaven's answer no room no time for the king of kings no time for the king of kings yet for business and pleasure you always find time but no time for the king of kings thank you for that song Take your Bibles and turn to Proverbs chapter 18. If Sharon had seen my notes, she couldn't have picked a better song for this morning's message. That's how you know when the Lord is doing something. Amen. Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 10 will be our main text for this morning. Everything else we're going to look at is going to be uh, surrounding this verse. Verse 10 says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. Just read that one more time. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. Now, last Sunday, we spent our time studying about the words, the words of this book called the Bible. And we found out that all of creation was spoken into being by the power of God. That God is concerned about His words. He's going to protect them. He's going to preserve them. And, of course, he has done that for a singular purpose. That's to give you and I the opportunity to read them, understand them, and choose to obey them is God's purpose. And that's the title of this morning's message is simply choices. Now, we do not want to just oversimplify this understanding of the Word of God because there there are people out there who actually believe that this book only becomes truth because you choose it to be that. Uh, one of their key little phrases is, well, that's your truth. And uh, I just praise the Lord nobody said that to me in a very long time. Uh, because I, I am so frustrated with people trying to take truth and make it something that you can personalize. There's a name for personalized truth. It's called a lie. Amen? 
you cannot take the truth and modify it in any way and it still remain truth. We got messed up on our orders for water for the water fountain, uh, the water machine or cooler, whatever you want to call that dumb thing out there. It doesn't work today. You know why? Because they didn't bring any water. It's coming on Tuesday. And uh, they put some tap water in here and Ted said, I hope tap water is okay. And uh, it's absolutely fine. As long as he didn't stick his finger in it first. Amen. He told me he didn't. It doesn't take a lot of dirt to make water undrinkable. In fact, if you assured me you washed your hands and put alcohol purifier and everything you could imagine and still stuck your finger in my water, I wouldn't drink it, would you? But my hand's clean, right? It doesn't belong in my water, amen? We're picky about certain things like that. And you know what? We ought to be. But why can't we be picky about the Word of God? Why can't we be careful about the words that are here? And one of the greatest promises in the Scripture is this verse right here that we've read this morning. It says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. Now, We live in a day of insecurity, do we not? I mean, most of us have heard the tragic story of uh, the uh, Yankees pitcher who turned the plane and and, uh, no one really knows exactly what happened, but the the, uh, number one culprit in this thing is pilot error. That's what they're believing uh, the situation was. But... Before the week was out, they've passed all kinds of new regulations about flying up and down the East River. We are security nuts. MTA is running an ad. $200 million in security in the last two years. And all of these different things that we do to keep ourselves safe. Let me ask you a question. Are you really safe? How safe are you? Now, I I praise the Lord for all the measures and we should that have been put in and we should check every bag that goes on every airplane and we should do a lot more than what we're doing. But if that is the only thing you're trusting to keep you safe, let me tell you something. You are in more danger than you could ever imagine. The Bible here gives us the answer to security. It says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. Now, I believe in taking the Bible literally. But we must understand it in the historical context in which it was written. This verse was written by Solomon, the king of Israel. About 900 years before Jesus was born. 
We think of a strong tower today as being about the worst place that you could be in a time of military siege, do we not? Because all you have to have is one airplane flying over top or one of those cruise missiles come in and, and that tower is no more. But this was written before all of those things were. There were nothing flying through the air. If it, anything was flying through the air, it was just a big rock. A tower of what the king is describing here was an impregnable fortress. There was absolutely nothing that could be done to uh, the inhabitants of a strong tower except to lay siege and starve them out. But the whole idea of a strong tower is that it had its own water supply and it had food and it had all of these things stored up. And uh, it wasn't even in Roman times. Many of you have heard the story of Masada, the fortress that King Herod built in the, uh, down toward the coast of the um, Dead Sea. It took the, uh, the legions of Rome over a year to take Masada. And the only way they got it done was that they went into the surrounding areas and gathered the Jewish people and made them build a ramp up to the walls of Masada because they knew the Jews in the fortress would not kill their own people. They could not, by strength of military might alone, do anything to the inhabitants of that tower. And that's what the writer of, of Proverbs, Solomon, is trying to tell us, that there is absolute safety in the name of the Lord. If you're on the inside, amen? It says the righteous runneth into it and is safe. And so understanding this verse in its historical context, the idea of the strong tower is, uh, would be the closest to our modern day equivalent of uh, the mountain in Colorado. How many people know about that mountain in Colorado where they went down into the base of that mountain and they put a nuclear bomb-proof, nucle everything-proof complex inside that mountain there? And um, that is where one of the key places where they control the nuclear arsenal of the United States. You can do anything known to mankind they could blow that mountain off the face of the earth. And that complex is desired to sustain that kind of damage. It is, it is there. It is not going to, nothing is going to happen to that. It is unbelievably fortified. That is what they're talking about here. Nothing known, presently known to mankind can, could break the strong tower in Solomon's day. That is what the name of the Lord is. And that's where safety is, by the way. Real safety. It says, the righteous runneth into it. Now, how do you run in to the name of the Lord? 
you can't take Jesus' name and print it on a banner and wrap yourself in it and say, I've run into the name of the Lord, right? I mean, the idea of being able to run into something means that it's big enough that there is a large enough expanse there for, for movement. I mean, if you've ever tried to uh, uh, run down some of our sidewalks here in New York, you run into a crowd and you have to stop running or you're going to run into people. I mean, there, there's just not enough move, room to negotiate around. Um, you can run into an elevator, but you're not going very far now, are you? Uh, not without hitting one of the walls. Elevators are rather small. Uh, you can run through the door, but that's about it. Now, the idea here is there's an expanse there. The righteous is able to run into it and is safe. So let's take a few moments here and explore this verse. Phrase by phrase, it says, The name of the Lord. The name of the Lord. Let's turn to Revelation chapter 19. Verse 11. And I saw heaven opened. And behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness doth he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. <clears throat> and he was clothed in a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings, and Lord of Lords. His name is the Word of God. On his vesture was written a name, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. Sunday night, last Sunday night, shortly after our church service, the North Korean government announced that it had completed its first nuclear test. There are a lot of people living in fear because of that today. And you know what? Probably ought to be. When you have an insane dictator with that kind of power. It's a scary world in which we live, amen? And it seems to get scarier every Day, does it not? Brother Adam and I were talking before the service. He said, I don't understand it. All these people are going and saying, we want the United Nations to help us. I mean, there's nothing dumber than that. Amen? Whew. I don't want them helping me. I'd rather have the IRS. How about you? 
Not that I would ever want to have to make that choice, mind you. But, uh, I, I mean, you, you talk about bad. I don't want them helping me do anything. Except move, maybe. Them moving, not me. But let's stop and think about this. It says the name of the Lord is what? The Word of God. Now, I can hold the written Word of God in my hand. But how many of you have walked down the hallways of this book? How many of you have run through the pastures that this little book provides? Amen? If you want protection and you want safety, you've got to get in here. Amen? And praise God, you don't have to have a copy big enough to fold yourself in. Amen? The words are living. They protect us. If we can get in these words and just simply obey them, stop and think about all the power that Jesus has that is being told to us in this passage we just read in Revelation chapter 19. He is the King of kings. I'm glad the United Nations is not the last authority on this globe. Amen. I am glad that the United States Congress and all of the government of the United States is not the court of last call here on this earth or any other government that might happen to exist. I'm going to trust in the King of Kings and I'm going to trust in the Lord of Lords because one day He's going to rule this earth. Amen? In the beginning was what? The Word. John 1, 1. And the Word was with God and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld His glory as the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. I can hide in the Word because the Word became flesh and the Word allowed Himself to be nailed to a cross and the Word paid the price for every sin that has ever been seen. Sinned, excuse me. And the Word was laid in a tomb. And the Word rose again from the dead. Because the Word is eternal. The Bible tells us that if we will trust this word with our soul, he will save us from hell. They used to call preachers uh, brimstone uh, damnation and fire, brimstone type preachers. I can't think of the actual phrase. It's just uh, eluding my mind right now. Fire and brimstone preachers is what they call them. Now, we don't have much of that anymore. You know why? People won't listen to it. 
And we have forgotten that the same God that spoke the worlds into place created a place called hell. He made it for the devil and his angels. And I've been asked the question by skeptics and people who ignore this word many times over the years, how can a God who claims to be the God of love put someone in hell? And I, I'll admit, early on in my ministry, I, I just really couldn't get all the answers to that. I mean, I would quote the Bible verses and things, but as I've grown a little bit and understand a little bit more, my question is, my answer to them is a question. What else in the world do you expect God to do with the soul of someone who has rejected everything that God has done for them. What more could you ask God to do than what He's already done, my friend? He sent His Son to die on the cross. He, Jesus walked among men that He created and allowed them to beat Him and spit upon Him and curse Him and accuse him of all manner of ill works, none of which was true because Jesus had never sinned once. He laid there patiently as they drove the spikes that would hold him to the cross. The only time we hear him crying out in anguish is in the darkness as he cried, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? The Bible tells us that he bore every sin on himself. He was the sacrifice. It is amazing how many of us can trust Jesus with our eternal soul because we understand he paid the price for every sin. And when it comes to how to put up with the problems at work tomorrow morning. We can't see a way to get it done. When it comes to trying to deal with someone who has wronged us, we can't hardly find a way to forgive what that human being has done to us. When it comes to the turmoil of our inner beings. It's so easy to turn to doctors and psychiatrists and all of these things than it is I'm trusting Him with my soul. Why can I not trust Him with what goes on today? The name of the Lord is the strong tower. How many people have criticized and hammered and tried to curse and tried to change? And I love the story of Voltaire. We refer to it often because he is such a flaming example of the great education of mankind. How many of you know the story of Voltaire? The French philosopher who lived in Switzerland. <laughs> okay, we'll go on. He stood in a room in his mansion and held up a Bible and says, In my lifetime, this book will be useless and people will be reading my writings. 
not soon after he died and went to hell, where he still is, by the way, the Swiss Bible Society bought his house. And on that very spot where he uttered that blasphemy against God, they put up a press that is still today, 200 and some years after his demise, still printing Bibles that Voltaire said he was going to get rid of. I love the Word of God. Amen. Number one black market item in the former Soviet Union, not Levi Jeans. The Word of God. The name of the Lord is the Word of God. You put your trust in this book and God will save you from hell. He will save you from your sins. And by the way, this book tells me that God does not expect me to try to help him save me. He does all the work. Amen. I love John chapter 3, being born again. There has yet been a baby that has ever been born that tried to help his mama give birth. Amen. Mama has to do all the work. When you get saved, God does all the work. All you do is show up. Amen. You believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That name is impregnable. By the way, it's the name, the word is, is used. That's a linking verb. It is present tense. Uh, If Bill Clinton is listening, we could define the word today uh, so that he'll understand it. But the word is, is, it means a state of being. Amen? The name of the Lord is. That is constantly, it is past, it is present, it is future. The name of the Lord is that strong tower. We've talked about the strong tower already. There is nothing the world can do to controvert the words of this book. And as we've already alluded to today, we understand that we can trust this to get us through hell and to heaven I'm getting out of life alive. I don't know about you. All this body's going to die if the Lord doesn't come back. They're going to lay it in the ground. But I'm going to be more alive then than I've ever been. And it's only going to get better from there. Amen? What kind of security is that? Because... No matter what goes on. If today were to be the last day of my life. The name of the Lord is that strong tower. Now there is one condition on this thing. It says the righteous runneth into it. And is safe. It doesn't say everybody runs into it and is safe. It doesn't say all mankind runs into it and is safe. It says the righteous runneth into it and is safe. 
Now let's turn to Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9, and Jesus is speaking here. Verse 23. And he said unto them, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whosoever will lose his... I'm sorry, verse 24. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. For what is a man advantaged if he gain the whole world and lose himself or be a castaway? For whosoever shall be ashamed of me and of my words... Of him shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he shall come into his own glory and in his Father's and of the holy angels. Now Jesus is speaking to his disciples here. And the context in verse 22 that we did not read is the fact that he was soon going to be going to the cross. He said, I have many things to suffer. But I want you to understand something if you're going to follow me, you're going to have to take up your cross daily and follow me. Now, everyone that he spoke to knew exactly what a cross was. The Romans, when they had come into the land of, of Israel in order to make sure that there was no rebellion, they took the main highway of the land of Israel, they went from Galilee down to Jerusalem, and they found a Jew, and they lined that highway with crosses, and on every one was a dead Jew. And by the way, the cross that Jesus died on and the men that were crucified outside the city of Jerusalem, those crosses were taken down that very day that they died. Rome didn't take these crosses down. They left them there until they rotted down. And we're not going to get into the gore and the detail of that, but it was not. It was a generational reminder of what the cross was about. It was a symbol of the oppression of Rome. And Jesus asked a question there. He said, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself. Now, I'll tell you, I, I, if, if I have two things that I preach about repetitively, number one is the word of God. And number two is the death of self. Because that's the theme of the scriptures. You trust these words. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. It's the name of the Lord that spoke the universe into place. It's the name of the Lord that's going to come back. And when he comes back to take over this world, it says his name is the word of God. Amen. In the beginning was the word. He's going to be there at the end as well. He never ends his word. And he says, for whosoever shall save his life shall lose it. Now we live 
in an era of unparalleled prosperity here in the United States. Do we not? Everybody screaming about how horrible the economy is and how few jobs and how this and all of that. But I, I, I want, I've never had the opportunity to travel to many of these third world countries and I'll just take people's testimony who have been there. We do not understand the meaning of the word poor here in the United States. We just don't. Most of us have a closet or closets full of clothes. Most of us have more than one pair of shoes. Most of us have food to eat. And guess what? We even get to go and pick out what kind of food we want to eat. Most of the world does not have those choices. They do not get to go to the grocery store and just hand a little plastic card and get whatever they want. Most of the world lives on a starvation diet. Jesus is saying, listen, if you're going to follow me, you've got to deny yourself. It says, take up your cross daily and follow me. I want to challenge you today that that's where safety is. I was dealing with someone, <laughs> won't give you the name the other day, and we were talking about different things and the changes in life because of salvation. I said, if you want to be protected from the things of this world, you get busy obeying the word of God. If you're known at school or you're known at work as a Bible thumper, guess what? Your friends aren't going to be inviting you out to the bar to get drunk after work, now are they? Hey, come on, put that Bible aside and, and go with us and have some fun. No, no, I, I'm going to have my kind of fun, amen? amen. Well, don't, don't go with us then. That's fine. Unless you're really some strange pervert, they're not going to offer you a joint while you're holding the Bible, now are they? I remember some kids, young teenage kids down here on the street. They didn't know who I was. And they said, Mister, will you do something for us? I said, that all depends on what it is. He says, well, we want you to buy us a, a bottle of liquor. I said, you've got to be the dumbest kids that have ever walked the face of the earth. And they looked at me. I said, you guys are just dumb as dumb can be. I said, here you are trying to break the law and you ask a preacher to break it for you. Well, we didn't know you were a preacher. I said, I'm not going to buy you any liquor. And I gave them a short little sermon. They went home rather disturbed. Amen. I went home rather happy. I like to upset people like that. But 
even take something. If the world knows you live in this book called the Bible, oh, they'll poke and they'll prod. They'll see if they can't find a chink in your armor. They'll see if they can't provoke you into doing something wrong. But if you're inside this book, it protects you from so much that is out there trying to destroy you. It says, having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. If you never go anywhere, you can't tell someone about Jesus. Guess what? You've just protected yourself from so much garbage. Amen. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. But let me tell you something. You compromise. I had a person tell me one time, he said, my boss wants me to lie for him. And I told him that I would only do it this once. He said, whoa, wait a minute. He said, you've just lost everything. You have no moral authority to stand because you said it was okay to lie once. If it's okay to lie once, it's okay to lie twice. And all your boss is going to think is you're a hypocrite. See, if you ever come out, that's when you get clobbered, amen? Amen. Now, I'm glad that God forgives us for sins. But there's always a scar where sin was. Amen? Sin always brings along its friends. I've often used the illustration for 1 Corinthians chapter 10 of one of those roller coasters you get on. I mean, they got roller coasters today that literally take you to the edge of human ability to endure, I think. Um, And uh, I remember this one, it had these signs, you know, if you have unpaid life insurance premiums, if you have kidney disease, heart problems, back problems, if you have any problems at all, don't get on this roller coaster. And we ignore all the warnings. In fact, there was somebody got on one of those roller coasters, had a heart attack, and died. You know what? They were still strapped in the seat when the roller coaster came back into the thing. Now, they had already died, but the Bible says that God will not allow you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. The name of the Lord is that strong tower. The reason we give in to temptation is because we come outside. The reason we struggle so much with just trying to survive day to day is because we're not living on the inside. There's all kinds of horrible things on the inside, let me tell you. You've got to take up your cross daily and follow Him. You have to make your choice, my friend. Are you going to take up your cross daily and follow Him and be on the inside where it's safe? Or are you going to try to make your own way on the outside? 
The Bible says, For what is a man advantaged if he gain the whole world and lose himself or be a castaway? Just stop and think. If you had everything you wanted, the little genie popped out of the bottle and gave you everything you wanted, would you be saved? You know, the more things you have, the more tormented most people are because you've got to take care of all those things. But if you're in the tower, and by the way, the tower doesn't belong to you, amen? It's the Lord's. We get to be a guest there. And we find true meaning of life as we surrender ourselves to follow Jesus day by day. We find the peace to deal with all of the struggles of life. But if nothing of that moves you, this ought to. If you could have everything you wanted, what good is it going to do you when you stand before God? What, is God going to be pleased with it? Or is he going to be pleased with the life that was lived in the tower? It says the righteous runneth into it and is safe. Now, as we look at that, that is an emphatic phrase. It's just a statement of fact. Righteousness will drive you into the tower at full speed. You, if you are righteous, you're not going to be outside the tower. That is not an option according to this verse. The grammar does not allow it. Neither does the Bible, by the way. As we are righteous, it drives us into the tower where the safety is. The obverse, the opposite is true. As we are unrighteous, it forces us away from the tower where there is no safety. The words give us a choice, but it's not merely a choice. It's not extra crispy or original. It's not diet or all fat. It is a choice that determines how I'm going to live every moment of every day for the rest of my life. It's not simply a choice. It's a life-changing decision. If I choose righteousness, if a man's going to save his life, what, what's going to happen? He's going to lose it. If you lose it for Jesus' sake, then you save it. Not for anybody else's. The word, the name of the Lord, word of God, is a strong tower. 
The righteous runneth into it and is safe. Are you safe from the eternal judgment of Almighty God? Are you safe from the temptation and the snares of this life? Are you safe from all of the turmoil and the politics and the wars and the strife that goes on in our world? Are you safe? If you're safe, you're in the tower. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you and we ask that you would take your word and minister to the multitude of needs and lives that are represented here this morning. Lord, I do not want this to be a dark or threatening message, but Lord, one of encouragement, we can have safety in the name of the Lord. We can be safe as long as we're in the tower. Lord, we pray that not a one of us here would withhold ourselves from your word. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's stand together. Take our hymn books, if you would, and Brother Franz will come and lead us in 541. The words of the song, and one we use often here, only trust Him. As we sing the song, if you need to come and pray, would you please, right now, step out. have the piano continue to play let's just bow our heads where we are if you need to come and pray now is the time to come let's not wait let's seek the Lord right now
all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Peter, would you pray for the offerings? Father, I pray for this offering that we've brought to thee. I pray you would bless us as we give willingly and bless the offering in thy service. Enable us to serve thee better. In thy name, amen. Amen. All right. Um, gentlemen, Peter, over to the safe. All right. Thank you. All right. Let's... Uh, just read the bulletins there. Uh, ladies, we have a ladies' fellowship Tuesday night. I want to invite you all out to that if you can at all make it. Uh, it will be time well spent. Uh, just want to give you a quick update. Thank you for those that prayed on Thursday night. We got the floors completely refinished in the meeting place Brother Lucas got in Brooklyn. And uh, he is ready to uh, start the moving in process. And we'll be talking to some of you guys, strongbacks and weak minds, if... Uh, anybody's free uh, Friday night or Saturday morning we might try to move Brother Lucas in and so he can get started down there and so make sure you're back tonight Brother Ted will be taking the entire evening service and preaching and so you want to be an encouragement to him and uh, Brother Franz will be doing so the last Sunday of the month in the evening so we're trying to give these young men an opportunity to uh, there's only one way to learn how to preach, and that's you got to preach. Amen? And so you be here and encourage them. Brother Franz, come and lead us as we're dismissed. 705, if you need the words, take the name of Jesus with you.